We're back here on one-on-one New York's longest running sports call-in show on WFUV 90.7 and all of our affiliates. Dylan Balsamo here again, along with our producer rejoining us again, Alex Wolves. And we are joined by another very special guest today, formerly of WFAN, now a podcast on The Ringer called New York, New York. It's a very fun New York sports podcast, and he's a good friend of WFUV sports. We're glad to have him on again. Here is John Yastrzemski. How's it going, John? Hey, fellas, what's going on? It's nice hearing that Syracuse, Newhouse guys and FUV guys can, you know, find a way to get along. I mean, <laughs> it, it just goes to show you there's, there's hope for everybody out there. And listen, I'll never, uh, I'll never look at you guys the way I do Georgetown or UConn or now UVA. <laughs> but I, I like the fact that FUV and WAER, I mean, those are some badass student radio brands, no doubt. I feel like, I feel like the two of us have, like, the, our two stations – have the the biggest alumni systems in the business it seems to me so i feel like there's a there's a brotherhood there i can understand that and i think for everybody's sake i'm not going to run through the laundry list of fordham guys (laughs) and syracuse guys because i mean if you wanted to make that like a drinking game as opposed to us doing a conversation for the next 20 minutes uh, i'll tell you this if you and i were going back and forth trying to rattle off syracuse and fordham guys and gals in the business uh, i think we'd be uh on our rear end in about five minutes just saying (laughs) Absolutely. So let's get into it. So let's talk about the Yankees. Because uh, so uh, for those of you who don't know, we're recording this on Friday afternoon, meaning we're getting off of Thursday's loss to the Twins. Seven to five was the final on that one. They come into the ninth inning, a five to three lead, a Roldis Chapman comes in and completely blows it. Now, um, John, uh, pitching has not been the problem that people have been worrying about for the Yankees this year. But are you alarmed after what happened last night? Uh, not really with Chapman. I mean, the guy has been unhittable basically for what, two, two and a half months. And, you know, I don't care who you are. You're going to have games like this over the course of 162. I, I think if there's a concern, it would be about his health and the fact that he was only throwing 96 or 97 miles an hour. But again, there are going to be some nights where you just don't get loose, where you just don't have your A stuff and you're not on your A game. And, Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, they sent a couple of balls to the moon and ended up being a real lousy loss for the Yankees. And look, you never complain about winning series, but with the Yankees being in the predicament that they're in, the terrible homestand last week, way back at Tampa for first place, back of Boston for one of those wild card spots, you can't mess around. You can't lose games like this. That to me is the frustrating aspect of what happened last night. It's not a role this Chapman. It's the fact that you're not in the spot that you need to be. You have a 5-1 lead. You have a two-run lead with your closer on the mound. That's a game you got to win. You mentioned how pitching isn't the concern, and I would say the offense is, but it's been the continued point from Aaron Boone that there's bright spots. Things are getting better. Things are going to start clicking. In Minnesota, they did start to click a little bit with the offense. So let me ask you, are you confident in the offense after what you saw, or are you just looking at, hey, that's not a great opponent, and maybe we can't get too, too ahead of ourselves here with this team? How are you feeling? I definitely would not say confident. I would definitely <laughs> not use that terminology in describing the Yankee offense this year. Um, and I've been critical of Aaron Boone. I've been critical of the offense basically for two, two and a half months. I'll give Booney some credit on this, though, in, this, in the fact that Gary Sanchez has had better at bats. Miguel Andujar is a guy who needs to play every day mm-hmm. because he's been raking for a week and a half. I hope that is the sign that gets the Yankees going. Stan's one of those guys. I mean, he gets red hot for two weeks, gets hurt, and then can't hit a baseball for three or four weeks. So you kind of know what you're going to get as far as John Carlos Stanton is concerned. But before I am like 
banging my chest and waving the pom-poms that the Yankee offense is back. Uh, I got to see more than just three games against the Minnesota Twins. It, it completely agree. It's going to take a little bit more than that. Again, this is John Yastrzemski here on one-on-one on WFUV. Now let's talk about something a little more uncomfortable involving the Yankees. Cause we saw a very weird thing happen this week with this whole ball, ball doctoring thing happening in baseball. And we all saw the very awkward press conference that Garrett Cole had to do. Um, it, made me uncomfortable watching it, but you know, in fairness, I'm a rather uncomfortable person. So l- let me ask you, how much does, does this concern you? If, if you're someone who follows Garrett Cole, do, do you think like this is something that would af- affect him somehow? What do you think of this? Not at all. Not at all. Because as weird and as bizarre as that presser was, and uh, my concern afterwards was, okay, how was Garrett Cole not prepared for that line of questioning? I don't really care what he has to say. He's not the only guy that's taken advantage of pine tar, spider tack, track, whatever, whatever they call this stuff. I don't even know. I mean, I didn't even know what it was until about a week, week and a half ago. And it's not that I'm this ill-informed baseball fan. I'm just, you know, I'm not putting rosin and pine tar and all that crap on my hat and my arm and whatever, but He went out against Minnesota, pitched great, made Donaldson look stupid, struck out a bunch of guys. He's going to be fine, okay? Like, I'm just relieved in a way, fellas, that Jericho pitched well on, what was it, Wednesday night? Because if it wasn't the case, I would have had to deal with, like, Yankee fans in a frenzy or people who don't like the Yankees basically making the argument, oh, the only reason Jericho's good the only reason he's dominant is because he's using this substance and it's just total garbage. It's total nonsense. And the reason Garrett Cole transformed his career, not because of spin rate or spider tack, the fact that he started throwing a lot more four seam fastballs as opposed to the two seamers. And you talk about Yankee fans being in a frenzy. One time they were in a frenzy was after the Red Sox series. We'll go back one week here. And you, you were on the record saying that you think it could have been time for a midseason change with this team when it comes to boom, when it comes to cash from whichever direction you want to go in here. I mean, how, how much of a hot seat do you think they are on right now, considering where the Yankees stand in the, in the larger division right now in the AL East? Well, listen, they're obviously not making in-season changes because if they weren't going to make an in-season, cha- in-season change after Sunday, after getting swept mm. by the Red Sox, it's just never going to happen. Mm. They were never firing Cashman mid-year. And it's not all Aaron Boone's fault, but there comes to a point where, you know, guys in the last year of his contract, I can't change all the players – Maybe changing the manager is something I could do to spark the team. Neither here nor there. Not the point, because they're not going to change. At the end of this year, though, I have issued this mandate. I don't think it's unreasonable for the Yankees. Get to the World Series. Case closed. If they're not in the World Series this year, in a weak American league, then when is this group getting to the World Series? That, to me, is when you would advocate serious wholesale change. They're not making in-season change. That ship has sailed. But for this group, even though right now it does not look overly promising from a World Series standpoint, got to get there. Because if not, then how many years are you going to just keep running back the same operation saying, oh, we're close, we're close, we're close? Not good enough. Not good enough. Especially when you're trending in the wrong direction. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the seat is without a doubt hot for Aaron Boone. I don't know how hot it is for Brian Cashman because he's kind of untouchable within ownership. And I can understand why. He's made a lot of good moves over the years. Um, I think if the Yankees make a change in the offseason, though, guys, I think they would fire the manager. I don't think Cashman's going anywhere. That's just my gut feel. 
the record, it would be rather un-Yankee-like to fire someone in the offseason. Not since the days of Billy Martin have we seen that. But again, we're here no, with... No, but I mean, listen, this is the same team, though, that had Joe Girardi one win away from it's a true. World Series and yeah. didn't bring him back. So they, they clearly felt like they needed to make a managerial change a few years ago. And listen, I think Aaron's a real likable guy. I think the players like him. I think the Yankee brass loves him, but... They have not played better under Aaron Boone than they did under Joe Girardi. That's just uh, that's just mm-hmm. a simple fact. And you know the nicey nice stuff after the game, guys. I don't know if you feel this way. It's yeah. tough to take. I, I I mean I can't take it game in and game out. The nicey nice stuff enough. I mean call it like it is. When the team stinks, the team stinks. Please. This is uh, Johnny Strempsey who's had enough of it here on one on one. Now you know you talk about changes managerially or general managerially, if that's the right phrasing. But, you know, in terms of in giving a jolt to this team, we could very easily see some kind of move at the deadline. Not what anyone expected uh, coming into this year, but it's very much possible at this point offensively to get another piece. So if, from your perspective, what should they be going for here? They need balance in the lineup. They need left-handed bats. So for me, if you can get Ketel Marte, that's the obvious name. It's going to cost you a ton. He would fit the team perfectly. He's athletic. He's a switch hitter. He's got positional versatility. If you want to play him in center, you want to play him in second, he could bounce around. He'd be a great fit, great asset for this team. Peralta with the Diamondbacks, good player. Would love him. Ben Intendi, former Red Mm. Sox, Kansas City Royal. Ben Intendi would fit this team really, really nicely. Um, So they need lefty bats. I hate when I hear the advanced stats guys try to make the argument to me that, oh, you know, the, the righties, they'll, they'll hit the ball out the other way. They'll, yeah, over 162 against mediocre pitching, sure. But when you get into the postseason and you're facing the best of the best who are right-handed, this lineup gets mowed. Why do they get mowed? Because they have too many of the same sort of hitter. So, yeah, guys, I would say over the next month, you're right. I don't think a lot of people thought in March – Come July, the Yankees' priority at the deadline would be offense and not pitching. But with Severino coming back and Kluber will be back in the fold, and you know, Herman's been good, Monty's been good. You know what you're getting with Cole. They don't need another starting pitcher right now. They desperately need offensive help. And to me, it needs to be like I don't want to hear Trevor's story. Okay. Like he's a terrific player. The Yankees don't need another right-handed bat who strikes out a ton. They need left-handed bats. I can't stress that enough. And I want to get outside the Yankee vacuum for a second because you talk about the moves they have to make at the deadline, but I'm really curious. This question I've been wondering a lot, and I think nobody better to ask than you. If you look at where the roster stands right now with the Yankees compared to what's going on on the other side of New York with the Mets, you have a team that's dealt with a lot of injuries, still top of the NL East. If you look at those two teams, the way they're constructed right now, who do you think has a higher ceiling in, in the Major League Baseball? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would have said the Yankees without a doubt before the start of the year. The Mets still have something cooking in the fact that they're winning games. They've taken advantage of a soft schedule and they have a ton of guys on the injured list. Now, the one thing with the Mets is that schedule is going to get a lot trickier Mm. over the next two months. So I'm still kind of in wait and see mode with this team because a lot of guys have been out. That's number one. Number two, they've taken advantage of a lot of bad teams. You don't apologize for it, but who are the real New York Mets? You have the Grom. That's great. 
The lineup really has not done much. I mean, we're talking about Billy McKinney. We're talking about Jonathan VR. So, like, from the standpoint of championship window right now, I I, I don't know. I'm going to still stick with my preseason narrative and thought, which would be the Yankees. But right now, to be perfectly frank, I don't think either team is a championship caliber team. I think they're playoff caliber teams. From what I've seen so far this year, I don't think either team is winning the World Series. Could be wrong, but I, I for one, don't see it. Yeah, and this is John Yastrzemski here on one-on-one on WFUV. So then let me ask you, because I think that there were a lot of people who saw both of these teams at least fighting for playoff spots. The Yankees were the were the American League pennant favorite from the start of the season. But if not them, then even on the National League side too, who, who do you think – who do you think is above all here? Because, you know, I think in the National League, it's a little more difficult here because there's a lot um, of teams that are really good. Well, listen, nobody in the American League wants to give Tampa any credit. Tampa is better than the Yankees right now. Yeah. And I don't want to hear all the payroll and who are these guys. They're good, okay? Tampa Bay knows how to win. They know how to find players. The Yankees don't know how to beat them. So, like, anytime I hear the, like, disparaging comments about Tampa Bay, I kind of, like... I'm over it because they just keep churning. Tampa, until I see otherwise, is a better team than the Yankees. Uh, in the National League, I can't believe what the Giants are doing. I, 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 I look <laughs> up, they're like 16 over 500. I'm like, how in the world is that possible? I still think when it's all said and done, though, the National League will boil down to the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. I think they're the two best teams in the NL. I think that will take shape over the next couple of months. Might have three teams in the NL West playing in the postseason. But, yeah, I think Dodgers, Padres, in some capacity, one of those teams going to World Series. And I'm right with you there. But one thing I'm really curious about is with the AL East. Because coming into this season, we there was a lot of narratives about this being a one-team race, being all about the Yankees. Nobody really expecting much from the rest of the teams. Yet, Boston's look terrific. Tampa Bay's look terrific, like you mentioned. Even Toronto fighting. I mean, were we just dead wrong about the AL East coming into this season? Or are these teams overperforming? I mean, which do you think it is? Well, I think Tampa's legit. I think Boston is overachieved. I think Toronto actually can get better. Remember, guys, Toronto is hanging around. They've gotten nothing from George Springer, yeah. who they gave this monster, monster contract to. We haven't, we haven't seen George Springer all year. I think he's had like 10 or 15 at-bats. I think their lineup goes to another level if he comes back. And the Yankees better be careful with the Blue Jays because they got a young team, and they're another team is not the least bit intimidated playing the Yankees. The Yankees, if they're going to turn this season around, remember this, they got to play better in the division. Look at their record outside of the games against the Orioles, which whoop de doo Red Sox, 0-3. Tampa, terrible record. Toronto, terrible record. You want to go to the playoffs, you got to play better. And yeah, I think the AL East, Baltimore aside, it's legit. This is John Yastrzemski here on one-on-one. Now, let's shift gears here uh, for a little bit before we wrap things up because I'd love to talk about uh, the Brooklyn Nets here. You know, as we record this on Friday, they uh, trail two to one. I mean, excuse me, they lead the series uh-huh. two against Milwaukee. <laughs> pardon me right there. Pardon me. Excuse me. Excuse any Nets fans listening. You, mu- you must pardon my uh, my phone. One, one of five Nets fans listening, you know. <laughs> There's so many across the Tri-State area. They're, they're, they're booming, let me tell you. About so it. many. A lot of them still here in, in, New, in New Jersey. But let's let's talk about the Nets. You know, they, they, they fell uh, 86-83, I think was the final score last night, to Milwaukee. So, you know, they still have that series lead 2-1. to one. Is, is the ceiling for them the NBA championship? Are they, are they as good as advertised? 
Offensively, yeah. Because when you have Durant, Irving, and Harden, and I know Harden isn't playing in this series, but when those guys are cooking, and then you got a guy like Joe Harris who shoots as well as he shoots it from three, how do you guard them? How do you match up with them? So I'm curious to see how Brooklyn, and I think they'll get through this series. They had a terrible offensive night. The fact that that game was as close as it was with Brooklyn hitting like seven threes, that's a bad, bad sign for Milwaukee. Maybe Milwaukee wins another game. They're not winning this series. They just don't have enough firepower. Giannis doesn't shoot it well enough. I want to see how the Nets match up with Embiid and Philly if they get there. I also want to see how they match up with either Utah or Phoenix. But yeah, I think they're the favorites. I mean, when you got Kevin Durant playing at this level, Kyrie Irving, who's awfully tough to take, but yeah, is super talented playing at this level. Yeah, it just goes to show you the defensive concerns and the you know, chemistry concerns and a lot of this stuff, it kind of goes out the window when you can just shoot and play that sort of style of offensive basketball, especially in this day and age. And even a loss, they only held Milwaukee to 86 points. I think the defense is quite all right. I'm with you there. And the one thing I want to ask you is you said for game four, you wanted to see the odds on that before you made a prediction, before you thought how the series was going to go. FanDuel's got Brooklyn at one and a half right now. Are you taking Brooklyn to win that game and obviously to win the series? Yeah, I would say I'd lean in that direction. I'm actually checking this right now, guys, because I want to see if the public is absolutely pounding the Brooklyn Nets. My (laughs) guess would be, my guess would be, as I'm kind of dancing around your question, that the public is all over Brooklyn in the game. Let's Mm -hmm. see here. Um, yeah, you got 89% of the money coming in on Brooklyn, went from one to one and a half. It is a public side, but I wouldn't go against Brooklyn here in this spot. I thought it was a sucker line in game three. The suckers ended up cashing plus money ticket, even though Milwaukee won outright. Yeah, I think Milwaukee just doesn't have the firepower here. I would take Brooklyn. I think it's a pretty safe choice, and I think Alex would agree with me on that. I got the Nets going to the finals. I'm not going to mince words here. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think Alex is going out on much of a limb by saying <laughs> no. It's not exactly a hot take there, Alex. No, but no. Listen, it's smart money. I can't blame you on that. Hey guys, I hate to say this, but that Kyrie Irving, pretty talented. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he I, is. He's uh, he's a little out there, but you know the guy can play. That is true. He can play. Yeah. No, and, and and you and you take that over how however crazy a player might be. If they're that good, they're that good. Now, this has been a fun conversation. I want to, uh, we want to thank Johnny Shremsky again for joining us. Uh, you can listen to New York, New York, the podcast via The Ringer. John, thank you so much for, for joining us. Fellas, you got it. Anytime. That is Johnny Shremsky here on One on One on WFUV and all of our affiliates over the social media platforms. There's more One on One right around the corner, so we hope you stick around. Keep with us.